if I initially started talking about jam, as in strawberry jam, raspberry jam, the sort of jam you put on your toast, you might be a bit confused about what I'm on about. Why am I talking about jam? The reason I'm talking about it is because this is a mental health podcast and making jam was one of the things that actually got me through when I was ill. It was one of my coping mechanisms. Now, I'm not telling you all that making jam is going to help you, but if you do listen to the podcast, you may be able to hear different ways that young people from York manage their mental health, what they've been through and where they are now. These are real, real people's experiences and touch on some sensitive topics that you may actually find triggering. And although Chat Chit is run by York Mind, the views expressed are of the individuals that are being interviewed. The aim of the podcast is to try and break down some of the stigma around talking about mental health and accessing different services. And you may be able to resonate with some of these experiences, or you might just want to have a little listen. Either way, my name is Chris, and welcome to Chat Chit. This week we have Tasha on the podcast and we will begin by doing a check-in. So basically a thing that we do at Your Mind is a check-in and it's basically leaving your worries and your anxieties at the door. So we do this a lot of the time when we do workshops, when we do groups and like when we have the steering group. Uh, it's basically a chance for people to hear the voice in the room and just say something if they're a little bit nervous or an- anxious about the day. So. My check-in today would be actually that this is the first time we're actually recording the podcast as such. Um, So I'm a little bit bricking it. Also the fact that I can't stand the sound of my own voice. So I'm going to have to edit so many podcasts where it's listening to me. Um, But today, so that would be my check-in. Today we have got Tasha with us, who is actually part of the steering group. Uh, You won't mind. Uh, And she has heard us do check-ins before. So hello, Tasha. And do you have a check-in for today um yeah uh i basically just had a driving lesson a couple of hours ago and i had two people basically swear at me (laughs) because i was learning i was like oh okay that's great did you do anything wrong no i didn't do anything wrong which makes a change (laughs) i was literally parked and someone was having a go at me and i'm like yeah but i'm parked the engine's off i don't know what you want me to do and like that, and the point of the check-in is that you get something that's annoyed you and it's out of the way and you don't have to think about it now because no. we're now doing the podcast. But yeah, so the reason why we're here is like I've already, you will have already heard in the intro is talk about mental health and kind of just normalise the conversations around how we talk about it with our friends, with our colleagues. So I'm going to ask Tasha, so when was it the first time you actually like started to recognise that you weren't feeling quite right? I was... I think most people probably say this, but like secondary school, I think that's like the most sort of prominent time when you don't feel yourself sometimes. I think I was about 13. What's that? Is that year eight? Year eight or year nine? Yeah, year eight, year nine. I definitely remember it was year nine. So what was it that you were like starting to struggle with? Um, The main struggle was um, my mum's partner left and said that he wanted kids of his own, which made me quite felt like I did something wrong. Mm. But he he came into my life when I was about five. Right, okay. But, you know, he's happy now, we're all happy now. So it kind of, that's where it started, but, you know. So what went on from then? Yeah. I think it was just the whole, like, I sort of blocked myself off from people a lot more. Mm-hmm. And the school started to notice, because I am usually quite chatty, probably very annoying as well. <laughs> so. <laughs> Me and you both, Tasha. <laughs> So yeah, when when the school sort of noticed, it was a bit of a, a wake up call for myself that they actually noticed. In that respect, so did you reach out for help 
first or was it somebody at school who went out about Tasha you're not really seeming quite right in yourself or it was a bit of both really because I asked them you know is there anything I could do that would help me win lessons and stuff and then I think it just grew from from there you know they understood that something was going on but luckily it didn't affect my schoolwork. so Mm. you know some people it would affect them in that way where did you get help from school did you or did you think do you know what I need to get some more specialist help or they were I basically went through counseling through the school so there was a counselor there Mm. I had like weekly sessions there to see how things were going and everything but it just wasn't enough so I kind they kind of referred me to York Mind and I was about 14 when that happened so it was about a year into this sort of area. It's hard to say because anyone that's listening to the podcast now is probably going to hear me probably drone on about many of the things <laughs> that I've had to, to go through. But like, I would say that I had both depression, anxiety and an eating disorder. But would you say, would you, would you put a label on it yourself or would you just describe it as there was circumstances which you were struggling with that affected your life? I think it did then turn into anxiety and depression. Like, some of the things that would just wouldn't seem normal to myself. Just but you said it didn't affect really your schoolwork? No. It, not really, because, you know, schoolwork's different to home life, isn't it? So mm. I, guess, I guess for some people, school kind of can give a bit of a bit of a haven almost just yeah, for an escape. like escape from what it may be that yeah. you are struggling with certain things didn't really bother me but then there'd be someone that would go oh my mum and dad this my mum and dad that and I'd be like oh I don't really have that mm. not that I've ever had it anyway but especially when you didn't have a stepdad or stepmum in some people's cases you know when they've been there for a long time and you just think oh I don't know it's it was a very weird scenario that happened mm. and it, it affected me in a completely different way than I thought it would have done, mm. to be honest. So you got help from your mind through groups and through mentoring. Did you ever go to your GP? Um, I did, but um, they just referred me here again, so, you know. Fair enough. So you, they didn't say you need any medication or anything? No, I, I think especially... I didn't want to take any medication either. I wanted to get through it without having that. Yeah, I didn't feel the need for medication because, you know, I got the help when I needed it. So, and I think especially with my mum as well, because she, she takes medication for hers, mm. but I think she wanted to sort of get it at the source for me. No, I think that's Obviously fair. Obviously everyone's different, but... Everyone's different, and I took medication for years. And then actually came off it during university. So I had to start taking medication when I must have been, I think it was about 16, 17. Uh, and then came off it in my second year at uni. Because it was a way that actually helped me kind of that in kind of cahoots with kind of counselling. Mm. But now it's more, I know what is good for me in terms of my coping mechanisms. I know yeah. I go to the gym, I know I play cricket, I know I do this, that and the other. And I know, like you, when you were saying before, having a bit of downtime. This is what we're saying. Everyone's experience is going to be very different. So you, some people medication might work for, some people might need 
both medication counseling some people might need mentoring and a little bit more of a purpose my medication <laughs> is watching scooby-doo films slash the tv shows because it reminds me of my childhood and it was just the best scrappy-doo is the scariest like creature ever when what he when, mean? when he turns into the monster oh <laughs> that is uh, so scary <laughs> It was just what I grew up with as a kid. Like, the first ever one that I watched, it was on, like, one of those VHS tapes. And I used to have to get my mum to rewind the same one over and over again. And as a child, you just want it to go really quick. So, apparently, rewinding it wasn't quick enough for me. So, I just kept going, rewind, rewind. (laughs) She used to get so annoyed at me because that was the only thing I'd watch. Was it just a... And so, is is, is that now just, like, a comfort for you? Oh my god, yeah. I literally, like, I remember there was one Christmas where my mum bought, I think I was about 15, whoopsies, <laughs> and she bought me, and because I saw that there was, like, other ones, I was like, I need more, I need them all, because that's just what I knew as a kid, like, always getting them, I don't know, I was one of those kids that was told, you know, you can't watch Scooby-Doo because it's a boy thing, and I was like, I don't care. It's funny, like... A talking dog. What else are you supposed to do with a talking dog? Scooby Doo's class. Yeah, and I was. It was just. I Is still this the films? Like all of them. All of them. Like the cartoon. Oh yeah, all Everything. of it. Every little bit of it. Now that. Is a comfort blanket. <laughs> Do you know what makes it worse is I found, so like from the TV shows when they did like the chase sequences, I found the music that was played in them. So they're now on my playlist. So I will never, ever forget any of them chase scenes. <laughs> Fair enough. Like that's what it's come to, but it's like the best type of comfort. Now that is a sensory coping mechanism. <laughs> like replaying the music from Scooby-Doo because that's what you watched as a child. Like It's a way to do it. it it's class. Do you know what? Them songs, top tier. If you've never listened to any of them, that is going to be, everyone's going to be like trying to find some now. Going to find everyone? Well, I hope so. That's (laughs) going to be the aim. You said you reached out, so what is it? You referred by school to York Mind. So what was it that York Mind that you like got help with? Um, So I did um, a group session so I did group sessions every Friday. What was the group session? Ooh, that's thinking back. That's nearly, <laughs> like, that's nearly like five years ago. Wait, so how old are you now, Tasha? I'm 19. You're 19, and oh yeah, you said you were 14, so that... Yeah. That feel, yeah. It was a while ago, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it was just like, I can't remember what the group was called, hmm. but it was like a workshop each week, you know, you'd we'd talk about coping mechanisms and things like that. And then after that, once that had finished... I went on to one-to-one mentoring. Which did you, was it after the group session, there were, it was your mind that went, oh, this is, might be good use for you now yeah. doing this. Which do you think helped you more? I don't know, because I really enjoyed the group work and being able to involve myself with people that had similar sort of experiences to me and be able to, you know, it'd be a safe space to talk about things. But I think with the one-to-ones as well, you were able, someone was able to fully listen and, you know, track your progress as well, which I quite liked. They did, like, the recovery star. With a one-to-one, whether that be, I know, your friend or colleague, but, like, this, you were doing mentoring, it allowed you to have somebody who could you almost bounce off a little bit more personally? Yeah, we... 
my mentor was called Katie and we used to go on really random tangents and it was quite funny the fact that we had to draw ourselves back in because we made it into a conversation. Mm. We made it into like a weekly catch-up, mm. which made it feel more than it would have been just mentoring. I think that's why it made me feel better because it was like a conversation like this. Mm. So did you, how long was the mentoring for? Um... I think it was about six months. So I finished on my 16th birthday. Okay. And so did, did that allow you to kind of put in different things in place that do you still use today? Um, I like some of the things I don't use now because I've like realized they didn't work for me was some things like the, um, like writing a journal about how you felt that day and stuff. Hmm. I tried it for a little bit. It didn't work with me, but you know, it's always good to try these different things and, um, one of them that I do remember was, you know, going out for a walk, even if it's just for an hour. If if something bad's happened, just go out for a walk. So that, that's funny you say that because going back to like lockdown and stuff, I know I didn't want to talk about COVID that it's not, <laughs> but... Oh no. <laughs> but in that third lockdown in the January, like at that time I was unemployed and things used to grate on me so much. And I just went and walked for like, hours but even then now thinking about I don't have time to go out and walk for hours on end like even just like a 10 minute like it's almost like resets your brain a little bit I found that so so what are you actually doing now Uh, I'm in university so I'm doing an acting course I'm in my first year are we thinking theatre acting are we going tv acting tv tv film nice definitely not uh not lame is I mean, I wouldn't mind doing theatre, but like at the moment, I've just finished filming a, a short film for some uni students, so that's been taking up quite a bit of time, um, which was actually quite fun, to be honest. You know, get into that setting of what I might be doing in the future, things like that. It's been quite cool. And I know I kind of asked you the question already, but do you kind of struggle at university now with anything? That Does anything crop back up? Not as much as it did because I've learned to just sort of not let it get in the way, but if I need to have downtime, allow yourself to have downtime if you need to. So if you're in the middle of a class, just make someone aware that you need to go to the toilet for five minutes, you know, just to refresh yourself, which I've found that is quite helpful just to have a little refresh now and again. Do you think... Does it help somebody having an awareness in the room? Like, I don't know. You say you, you take yourself away just for five minutes if you need that downtime or just that time away. Do, do you necessarily need to let anyone know or do you think it's more of a you, you yourself? Like, there's no right or wrong. Like, what's, what is the, what was your kind of experience? Bit? I mean, I've, I let uni know, but mm. they don't know the ins and outs of everything because, mm-hmm. you know, if they wanted to know, that's fine. But I think... It makes it easier that they understand that it is a lot harder than, you know, school and things like mm. that. So, you know, they sometimes even just give you five minute breaks anyway. You give yourself a bit of time out of whether it be like, I don't know, a lecture or a seminar or whatever. If it wasn't necessarily in that scenario, do you struggle in other scenarios where you're like, oh, this is what I need to do to try and get myself better? Not better, but manage the situation on like that day to day basis almost. I don't know, but like the other day we um we did a group scream because we got really annoyed at one of the <laughs> shooters. So we all did a group scream 
it was weirdly therapeutic, actually, <laughs> that we all just stood outside with our hoodies. Wait, hang on out. So you got annoyed at one of the tutors, and how many people were doing this group scream? At least 10. But we had our jumpers over our mouths, so it was more muffled, but... It wasn't just like there was a like a herd of cats just... No. <laughs> no, but it was actually quite therapeutic that there was more than one person doing it as well. It's just quite that, funny. That, that collective angst just let out. Yeah, we, we did, we've did. we done that twice this week already, so... No, fair enough. So you are from York, Tasha, uh, and you go to uni in York. Mm-hmm. Um, do you live at home or do you live at university? I live at home because it's just easier and cheaper for me. How do you find that with, like, university? It's quite nice, actually, because mm. I've heard the stories of other people saying, oh, my housemate's this, that, and the other, and I'm like, I don't have that problem. Yeah. I just get to be annoyed at my cats that just <laughs> try to steal my food, so I'd rather that. I guess I guess it comes with different, like, benefits and different, like... Because I because I went to University of Sheffield, and I'm, I was lucky. Like, I, got, I got on with all my housemates, and we lived with each other for, for three years. But then, I guess in some respects, you like you find the people who you're friends with. I'm guessing yeah. you found the people who you're having to scream outside. Yeah, it's uh, group <laughs> Is there any particular scenarios or like situations that you think, oh no, I'm dreading that, or I'm thinking that's going to be a real struggle? What, just in like everyday life? Or? In everyday life, it doesn't necessarily have to be at a university, or like it could be when you get home, because obviously. Your struggles come from, like you said, when you were about 14 and the situation and and then that developed into a bit more sadness and anxiety because of it. Is there anything that you go, well, it's the word, the trigger, isn't it? It's a trigger. Like, I have some peculiar triggers. Like, don't ask me why. I just do. Like, hate ordering food in a restaurant. I think that's like... Oh, dogs. I hate walking down the street sometimes. If there's loads of people, I have to look at my feet. Because I don't want to trip over. So I, that's like become a new thing where I don't want... <laughs> I used to like look at my feet in general as a kid, but then I stopped doing it. And then with this anxiety, I just like walk down the street and I, if there's too many people, I start looking at my feet. What, just to make sure they go one yeah, after another? Ma- make sure that I don't like trip over a bit of pavement. I'm like, oh my God, this this is bad. <laughs> so, a t- so a triggering situation is walking down walking the street. Down the street. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's pretty relevant for quite a lot of things. But, but I'm, I'm then more like generally like niche situations where you're like mm, that scenario I'm oh I'm gonna have to prepare for that scenario I think it's like with uni assignments especially because at the moment I've not to be a brag but I've been getting like <laughs> decent grades but then with these performances that we're doing it's not a, never a brag if you've done well in something like be proud of your achievements no matter what it is like I spent too long going like trying to be modest we shout about what you did at sod it like no, I totally didn't get two distinctions. Yeah. Like, but no, it's like, well especially with these new assignments that we've got for this last module before we leave for summer, it's like the work that we have to do is so much, but we have so little time to prepare. And it's just like, when it comes to showing them back, I think something's going to go terribly wrong. Mm. If I hit my head, then it probably will happen, knowing me. I'm that clumsy especially with one of our movement classes I'm the clumsiest person ever I have two left feet and it honestly a chicken could dance better than me goes back to the walking down the street if exactly. you've got two left feet if you, exactly if that's... 
I think it's just the failure and stuff that that's a big thing for me. Failing. I hate failing. Why do you think failing? Is it is that? Do you think that's come from school, or do you think that's come from? Or, is it failing yourself, or is it like because you know you could maybe do better? I don't know. What do you think it is? I think it it stems from when the person left. You mm. know, I feel like I failed that I made them leave. But I think now with uni, it's the fact that, you know, I've got this far, you know, I didn't pass maths GCSE, so that was a big thing. Um, but if if I think about it now, I've got into university. It didn't really matter. Mm. You know, I got enough. I, I was able to prove myself mm. that I could go into uni. But I think with these assignments, it's just, I don't know, there's something about these assignments that just makes me just want to do this group scream again <laughs> do you know when you hear other people's grades and you go oh yeah that's really good and then someone and then they tell you your grade and you're like oh thanks mm. like so is it if but if that was the best you could do like if you think you put your your like heart and soul and you work really hard would that still is it more trying to make sure you do the best for yourself or is it that like you're slightly worried about the social like people thinking oh she's not good or she's not good as good yeah it's definitely that Mm. because i know i can do it Mm. it's just what other people think of me that makes it worse yeah i mean like this podcast is for young people but that's going to happen in every aspect and i think that's and i think that becomes really hard especially from school because you obviously get so many tests and stuff and you get so many different exams and grades that you're naturally going to compare yourself to each other but I think the one thing that like my dad always instilled in me was just like you can only ever do your best that you can do. Yeah. And if that's what you can do, then fair enough. And do you know what? Sometimes you you may not be in the place to be able to do the yeah. best you can do. And that's also fine. Like I resat sick form. Uh well I didn't sit like my year thirteen first time because I wasn't well enough to. I still got into university, I just resat the next year. And sometimes it's okay to, like, not be able to do it first time. So when it comes to your upcoming assessments, carry on with the group screams. <laughs> but the group screams will get us through. Exactly. Uh, but, but that is the reason why you have certain coping mechanisms. If it gets that angst out and it's like, ah, we're all in this together, not quoting High School Musical, but I can't believe I just said that, but... <laughs> but it is that sort of like that group mentality of oh okay we're all doing this together it's going to be tough and but there is ways of getting around it and getting through it if going back to um so you were you see 19 now and you're 14 what would 19 year old tasha say to 14 year old tasha like what would you have wanted to know like this this doesn't necessarily have to be don't be their boyfriend at 17 or don't be his like don't be their friend they're actually not very nice but like what when it comes to like seeking help or what would you say to yourself I'd probably say something along the lines of you know you can get help so just ask for it because no one's going to judge you because I think that's what the main problem was I thought someone was going to judge me for asking for help where they didn't so I think that's probably what I'd say. Just just ask for it. Just ask for it and speak up. Yeah. 
And like we do in most of the different uh, workshops and stuff, sometimes we do a checkout just to make sure that everyone is all right after we've done certain things. But how did you find that? That was all right? It was quite scary, actually. What, the podcast? Yeah, because like I've never been this close to a microphone before. <laughs> like I'm usually there's usually a microphone above my head when I do filming and stuff. <laughs> Whereas this is right next to. Now us. I have to speak into one, and I'm scared I've like spat all over it. Like, <laughs> but we've done it now. We've done. True. All good. True, true, true. Um, thank you very much for listening. Um, this has been chat chit with Sasha, and um, <laughs> we can direct towards the Your Mind website for other help and other support and services. Thank you, and I will see you next time.